Hi everyone, it's Ellis, and this is the Animal Excellency Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about seals and sea lions, some of the most cute and curious mammals on Earth. All right, let's get started. We may have covered seals, sea lions, and their relatives in previous episodes, but we're going to focus this episode on these creatures. This episode is going to be dedicated to them. Um, All right, and here we go. The name of the family that contains all seals, sea lions, and their relatives is called pinnipeds. And the word pinniped means fin or flipper-footed. Um, In English, it's a Latin word. Um, All of the animals in this family have front and rear flippers. Now, since they have flippers, all pinnipeds can obviously swim, um, and they can swim very well, but they're also able to come onto land, even though they cannot move around very well. All pinnipeds have short fur, and their tails are inconspicuous. Like, seriously, they might as well be non-existent. That's how small they are. Millions of years ago, the ancestors of pinnipeds actually lived on land. These ancestors were thought to be similar to weasels, and gradually, these animals spent more and more time in the ocean, and about 25 to 27 million years ago, adapted to the marine environments that we know, such as oceans and seas, and became the seals, sea lions, and walruses we know and love today. So most of these animals obviously live in marine environments such as oceans and seas, but a few live in freshwater areas. Now that may seem surprising because when we think of seals or sea lions, we think of the ocean or a sea or a marine uh, body of water, right? Um, And definitely a salty body of water. So Um, One example of a species that lives in a freshwater environment is the Baikal seal. So it is a species of seal that is endemic to Lake Baikal in Siberia, and it is only found in this lake and the rivers that are connected to it. But the point is, it is only found in freshwater. Now, this seal primarily lives in freshwater, right? But no other seal has this kind of lifestyle. Now, if you are unfamiliar with this species because it's not very well known, then I suggest that you look it up to see what it looks like and to learn a little bit more about it. So let's continue with our overview of pinnipeds. So some pinnipeds are massive, and because of their large weight, they're really clumsy on land, but underwater, they're incredibly graceful. They also have excellent hearing, And they also have sensitive whiskers that help them find prey. So they're really adapted to a marine lifestyle, but specifically um, an aquatic lifestyle, I'd say in general. All pinnipeds are carnivorous, and they eat prey ranging from small krill to penguins and even other pinnipeds. That's right. Some seals and sea lions will feed on other seals and sea lions if given the chance. Now, let's continue. There are three families in the group of pinnipeds. Um, the first is Odobenidae, which contains only one living species, the walrus. Now, this is probably a species that you're familiar with, but I'm just going to tell you a little bit of information about the walrus. So the walrus is found in the Arctic regions of the world, and it is one of the largest 
living species of pinnipeds, which is pretty impressive. Now, they are slow moving and spend the majority of their life in or around water. They prefer shallow water, and that is because they can easily access food that might be either in the water or maybe on the seafloor. So what they will do to find their food is they will drag their tusks, they have tusks, and their mouth and their whiskers around on the seafloor to find small invertebrates such as mollusks like clams or other animals that are – or other shelled animals, uh, but marine invertebrates in general. Now, most pinnipeds do not actually feed on um, crustaceans uh, – no, sorry, uh, mollusks, but they will feed on fish, um, possibly um, octopi, um, squids. Um, actually, yes, mollusks as well. Yes, clams and um, others and other species that are related to them. Um, crustaceans, yep, uh, lobsters, um, crabs, definitely. So they have a wide-ranging, um, diet as a group. Um, now let's see. Once they find, um, once a walrus, sorry, finds a, um, a mollusk, they will open the shell with their tongue because most mollusks have shells, obviously. Of course, if we're thinking of species like clams, or possibly, if not a clam, then, you know, maybe um, another type of bivalve, um, or mussel, or something like that. But um, if they're opening the shell with their tongue, they use their vacuum-like mouths to suck it out of the shell. So it's sort of like a process. Um, so this, that's how a walrus, uh, feeds. So that's, a, that's a little overview about a walrus, but also pinnipeds in general. Um, even the walruses are, um, they tend to use their tusks, um, to find food on the seafloor, but other species will also, um, you know, try to find food on the seafloor as well. But most, um, pinnipeds do not have tusks. In fact, walruses are probably the only pinnipeds that have tusks, which is pretty impressive and very unique. Of course, the only living pinniped, there were some species that were alive millions of years ago that um, unfortunately went extinct, but they um, also had tusks. So walruses are unique in the modern age, but they do have relatives um, that are very close to them and share physical features. So the second family of pinnipeds that we're going to talk about is Otardae, um, and this contains sea lions and fur seals. Now, this group is known as the eared seals, and this is because these seals have external ear flaps, and their front flippers are very large. When they are on land, they can bring all four flippers underneath their body and are able to walk because of that, um, but they can't walk really well, um, but they're still able to walk but they will sort of amble about and meander. Um, even though they are some, even though some species in this family are classified as fur seals, they're actually more closely related to sea lions than true seals. Now we're gonna explain that a little more as we continue, but um, I just wanted to share that information. Fur seals, which is um, a group that is related to sea lions, are actually closer to sea lions than they are actual true seals. And that may sound surprising just because, you know, fur seals and then true seals, it sounds similar just because of the name, but sea lions are closer. 
and that is a, because of a lot of physical features, but also some other features that we will talk about. So fur seals have beautiful coats, and because of this, they were hunted excessively by hunters, which inevitably brought them to the brink of extinction in the 19th century. Some well-known species in this family are Galapagos fur seals and California sea lions. Now, California sea lions are well-known because they are found in many zoos and aquariums. If you want to learn more about the um, species of eared seals and to see what they look like, I suggest looking these species up because most of these species are incredibly adorable. Um, the third family of pinnipeds is Phocidae, and there are 18 species living today. Um, this family is known as the earless and true seals. These seals, these seals have ear holes on their on the sides of their head, um, like all pinnipeds. All pinnipeds have ear holes, right? But these are different because they do not have external ear flaps like the seals, sea lions, and fur seals we just covered. So. Other differences are the size of their flippers and how these seals move. So true seals have small front flippers, so they move around on land by flopping on their bellies. Now, most people are familiar with this um, way of movement. Um, many people have seen videos, I think, of you know true seals flopping around as they try to move around, but that's because they cannot rotate their um, legs or their flippers underneath their bodies because they have such short flippers. So that's the only way that they can move around on land. Um, when they are swimming, however, they are the complete opposite. They are agile and graceful, and they use their rear flippers to propel themselves through the water as they twist their body from side to side, just like a fish. Um, now, obviously, sea lions and fur seals are also at home in the water, but you could say because of how true seals move and how true seals move up both on land and in the water. Some could say that true seals are actually more at home in the water than they are on land. Now, sea lions and fur seals, they are able to rotate their back flippers under their body and that uh, enables them to walk. So the front flippers of a seal, a true seal, are thinly webbed for swimming and they're covered in fur. And the reason is because they are more adapted to an aquatic lifestyle than sea lions and fur seals are. So they also have long claws. Um, while the claws of sea lions and fur seals are incredibly short, and they are covered in skin instead of webbing. So that's just another adaptation um, because it shows how um, true seals are more, much more adapted to water than um, or an aquatic lifestyle. Um, than um, fur seals and sea lions are because true seals, they have webbing. Um, some other animals that have webbing are ducks. Let's say um, I think a few or maybe just one species of monkey actually has webbing. And the reason is because it helps them swim. So webbing is very important. Um, fur seals and sea lions do not have webbing. And maybe that's one of the reasons why they are not more adapted to an aquatic lifestyle than true seals are. So another difference is just the amount of noise that each group of animals generally makes. Sea lions and fur seals are generally louder, uh, producing sounds such as barking, such as barks, bellows, uh, bleats, roars, and uh, growls. Um, this may be because they are much more social, and they can be found in groups of up to 1,000. Um, so that's very impressive. 
Seals, on the other hand, are less social, and because of this, they're usually quieter. They produce soft grunts and hisses and actually spend more time in the water right than seals and fur sea lions and fur seals do so it's actually a fact but one could make an educated guess that true seals are definitely more at home in the water than um fur seals and sea lions are so this can obviously probably be determined by their anatomy um which is obviously equipped for an aquatic lifestyle like i've been saying um but communicating um, using those soft grunts and hisses is just as important for an aquatic lifestyle because it gives pinnipeds an efficient way to mark their territory, whether that be for rivals um, or just so females know um, if males are in the area, or it can be to signal to other um, seals or you know sea lions or other pinnipeds um, that there could be danger. Now, these mammals are not at the top of the food chain, and they have many predators. So some of these predators that will hunt um, adults are killer whales, polar bears, large sharks, leopard seals, and yes, humans. We also hunt seals. Um, so smaller predators um, such as foxes, jackals, hyenas, birds of prey, and smaller sharks will also hunt pups. Now, you may be thinking hyenas, don't those live in... Um, the grasslands and savannas of, of um, sub-Saharan Africa, how would they get to a seal? Now, there are some um, animals that are found near um, beaches, and usually when those animals are found near beaches, they can take advantage of whatever washes up on shore or whatever animals are living on the shore. And obviously, seals, sea lions, and fur seals live on shores, and so if there was a pup that was possibly um, injured um, or, you know, it's not surrounded by other pinnipeds that may keep it safe, then predators will move in and they will take advantage of that. So, yes, um, hyenas, jackals, foxes, land mammals or land predators will also try to attack and eat Um seal pups if they are in close proximity to the shore and they see it as a quick and easy meal. Um, all right, that's it for today. Be sure to comment, rate, and subscribe. Also, be sure to follow my Instagram page, Laughing Animal, for even more information about animals. Come back next time to learn about monkeys and why some are regarded as old world and some as new world. This is Ellis, and this is the Animal Excellency Podcast. See you next time.